This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another new episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. Today, of course, we've got another brand new show filled with goodies, filled with lots of conversation to be had. And of course, I'm always joined by my co-hosts, Andres and Nancy. How are you guys today? I'm good. I'm, I think it's funny you said goodies. I'm just thinking like a little goodie bag. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So we're, we're already on to that. Got it. <laughs> you said I'm doing goodies. pretty good, Tommy. <laughs> you said goodies. <laughs> I expect a goodie bag at the end of the show. Yeah. As long as you're good, you'll get a goodie bag. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A goodie bag full of Jason Momoa's locks, right? I mean, oh my, that sounds oh, creepy. Oh, so, is that like a serial killer goodie bag? Yeah. <laughs> that very creepy. Listen, we've seen two and a half hours of a psychopath running around, so that's all I'm, that's all in the brain right now. <laughs> gotcha. All right, got it. So, I, I, what I know now is that you two have very different definitions of goodie bag. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Gotcha. Mine's the better one. I think yours is the safer one, the more. <laughs> the Mine more is the one. fun one. Yours is like the very dark, sinister one. Got it. Yes. <laughs> well, today, what a weird way to start a fucking show. But anyway, <laughs> but today we've got some trailers to talk about. We've got a big movie to talk about, which you've already kind of talked about already. Uh, but the first trailer we're going to be hitting up today, we're going to be talking about the Meg 2. That's right. They made another one of these things. And of course, they didn't go the extra mile and make it R-rated. It's another PG-13 Meg movie. And we got a new trailer. It stars Jason Statham again, of course. And now there's like three Megalodons and other prehistoric creatures going on. So, what do we think of this trailer that we got our first glimpse? Let's start with Andres. What do, you, what do we think about the Meg 2? I'm going to quote my favorite moment from Fast X. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's I, all right. Honestly, with... with, with the first film didn't really impress me all that much, and the second in the second trailer so far, I mean, it's just kind of yeah. giving. It just kind of feels like a studio note where it's like you got to give the the audience everything that they loved in the first one. We want more Megs, we want more Jason Statham, we want more of this character, and we want more quips and more puns. Like it just feels like such a paint by the numbers studio sequel that I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. I, 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 this movie clearly just doesn't speak to me in any way. I love sharks, and I love, I love the Meg novel. The Meg novel is actually really terrifying, and mm. I have no clue why they decided to take that novel and to turn it into a comedy, and uh, it's, it's just such a missed opportunity. So, honestly, for me, this trailer is just, eh, eh, Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about you, Nancy? Um, I'm definitely not going to see this movie. Like, maybe once it comes on, like, TV or something like that, I'll watch it. Right. Uh, I didn't see the first one. But in terms of the trailer itself, I thought it was a fun trailer. Uh, it does seem like it's very on par. It's starting to go in the in the realm of, like, Sharknado and, yeah. you know, a little bit more hokey, which is fine. There's an audience for that. So in terms of the trailer tailoring to more of that audience, I think they did a really good job. It, they did a good job of making it fun. So if you're looking for a movie that's more serious and, you know, having to do with, like, the Meg and, you know, less 
fun comedic uh, movie, then that's I know. I would say comedy, but comedic. Wow, I guess that word was a roller coaster. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, yeah. it was. Comedic. Uh, yes. I was gonna say comedy. I was like, no, that's not the word I'm looking yeah. for. That, that, uh, doesn't it suck when you're like in that like middle section between two words, and then your just brain just combines them, and you're like, fuck. It. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Been like there. on like on the Mean Girls when she says gruel. Yep. Girl. yep, yep, makes sense. Got it. So Very I see, deep, deep cut Mean Girls <laughs> reference. Yeah, there. there's like a nice deep cut Mean Girls reference. You gotta yeah. have it. But yeah, I, I guess you know I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. Where like the first one was kind of dumb fun. I kind of wanted it to be R-rated because I just felt like you have a fucking prehistoric shark eating people. How is this not R-rated? Like we've proven that R-rated movies can do well at the box office. But because the first one did well enough to get a sequel, it's not really you know. Um, surprising that they went the pg-13 route it's just disappointing because it just now i could tell they're like trying to dial it up to 11 there's three sharks this time and then there's also like prehistoric stuff going on and then jason statham's like kicking a megalodon in the nose (laughs) it's like it's just you you clearly know that they're going for like the whole dumb fun thing but like like audrey said this could be so much more and i know it's based on novels that are really loved and that like are much darker um but hey, like it could be dumb fun, and like maybe that time of the summer it might be kind of dead, so I might want to see it, and I would do love Jason Statham, but I wanted more. I mean, but but in, in and here's the thing is that for for anybody that's kind of like oh you just want something overly serious and stuff like that, it's like I love stuff like Alexander Aja's uh, remake of Piranha, which yeah, is that was shockingly good. <laughs> it, it was so good and it was so much fun, but the thing is like that one it did not take itself seriously at all. But it had something to offer in terms of the experience, in terms of the gore, and in terms of just, you know what, we're just going to let loose and this movie is going to have everything you want a, a good Piranha movie to have. Whereas I think with the Meg, it just kind of feels like every single safe bet that they could have possibly taken, they have. And it, it's, it's just kind of leading to just a movie that just looks f- just very flat. <laughs> Okay, great. So we, we're all we're all pretty underwhelmed by this trailer. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Glad we're all on the same page on that one. It just sucks because it's just like it should be fun and I want it to be fun, but it's just like, I don't know. I'm not in. But anyway, moving on to something a little bit more serious. Speaking of serious, we got the first trailer for Martin Scorsese's next movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, or as like Nancy likes to call it, the Killer Flower Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Killer flowers of the moon. Who knows? But Who like knows now, can you picture Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro in like a horror movie where there's killer flowers? Yes, I <laughs> Bring can. It. <laughs> Bring it. Um, but anyway, we, we got our first trailer for the movie, which hits uh, Apple in the fall. Uh, just premiered at Cannes, which I'll never understand the whole standing ovation thing at Cannes where apparently f- a five minute standing ovation is lukewarm and a nine yeah. minute one and, and a nine minute standing ovation is like amazing. I don't get the difference in four minutes. <laughs> uh, also, I just like, who wants a freaking stand and clap right? for like nine freaking minutes? I just think like, it's so ridiculous. No, I hate no, no, clapping no, no, for no. five seconds. You, you, right? you, yeah. know, you, know, you know why that audience claps for so long? Because in a film festival, you're watching tons of stuff. You're watching tons of crap, and by the way, too, that when you get something that's even halfway decent, people just go, oh, my God, this one's actually a pretty competently made movie. Whereas, you know, stuff like Indiana Jones and stuff like that, like, you know, people are more apt to diss it. But 
Uh, I don't know. I don't really trust uh, the whole can standing ovation thing. I yeah. mean, like, they, but I don't they, think it's just cans, though. Like, it's, no, it's every uh, film festival. Yeah, it, which it's. I think it's just a film festival cultural thing, which is just so weird to me. I again, I don't want to stand there clapping for nine yeah. minutes. Like, no, I feel I'm like tired. I, would, I feel like I would clap for five seconds, and everyone keeps going. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Just, I'm just like slowly sit back down. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just like, all right, you guys do your thing. I'm just gonna. Just gonna check my uh, my emails. <laughs> yeah, quick. like um, I don't believe that you know it's, it, it, this movie is that amazing. Where I would want to stand for. I mean, it looks good. I will yeah, see it. it. Looks good. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of saying it looks good, go for it. What yeah. did you think of the trailer? Yeah. No, I think it looks really good. I think it's funny that everyone's dragging Leonardo DiCaprio for his accent, but really? it just it's sounds. Not that bad. I know. That's what I thought. I thought it was duly appointed federal marshals. <laughs> like, well, like, here's a. Th- there's a very it's a very it's like, did you specific... see blood diamond <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> i mean that was okay, bad yeah. Okay. Yeah. i feel like it's just a very specific accent to a very yeah. specific region that probably people are like oh yeah that sounds really funky but no i thought it looks really yeah, good it's fine you know uh having a martin scorsese leo movie is always a, a good combo so i'm excited mm-hmm. to see it yeah. he's got his two prize geese in that movie he's got leo yeah. and robert de niro exactly yeah. Yeah. How about you, Andres? <laughs> I could say you like, wanted you wanted to talk. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to drag this out as long as Martin Scorsese is going to drag out this runtime. Oh. I mean, I, I think I think oh, yeah, the, what is the runtime? It's like over three, three hours, hours. Yeah. at least three hours. No, I think I think it's three and a half hours. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, it's It's um. Two hundred. It's a three and a half. It's two hundred and six hours, but I can't. I can't do this. Two hundred six hours. Sorry, two hundred and six <laughs> minutes. Christ. How do they pay for this thing? <laughs> they just shoot okay. a little bit every day for two hundred days. Two hundred six right? hours. Two hundred six minutes. That's oh a three. I, I calculated it, not in my head. Three hours and a, three about three hours and forty five minutes. So. Oh, yeah, maybe oh. I might backtrack on my wanting to see oh. this a little bit. Well, well, the nice part of, though it's... about it being on Apple is that you can pause it whenever. You oh, want. that's true. No, 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 no. It's coming out exclusively to the theaters at first. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like that like, doesn't matter because I'm nah, seeing it on I'm Apple. Good. I will 100 percent wait for Apple. 100 yeah. percent wait for Apple. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for Apple too. I mean, like it was the same case with the Irishman, where you could have the the best cast in the world and. That runtime, God, you're stretching credulity at that point. I mean, like, someone put out an article where it's like, you know, if you were lucky, the movie was two hours back in the 80s. And if yeah. you were lucky, it was two and a half hours in the 90s at certain points, but only yeah. if you really freaking earned it. Well, Whereas, I mean, we always talk about it, but like Titanic was that huge thing where they actually gave you the intermission in between because it was three hours long. And yeah, now it's and, like... And if kids remember, that was like a two VHS thing. Yeah. Where it's like you had to yeah. take one out, put the next one in. Kids will never know these days. Yeah. They'll never know. I would yeah. be okay if... if they want to do a three hour and 45 minute movie. I would be okay seeing it in the theaters if they gave me an intermission. Bring back the intermissions. That's what I'm saying. Well, well, the, the problem is with the intermissions that I've heard it straight from, from people who have um, like putting together platters and stuff like that and putting together DCPs. Sometimes with the intermission, the movie just can't fit in the hard drive. Like sometimes these movies can only can only be up to like three hours and forty five max without the without the intermission. Like I think um, 
Zack Snyder was talking about it when he premiered uh, his Justice League cut in IMAX, where he's like, oh yeah, we wanted to put an intermission into it and we wanted to release it in theaters, and then they're like, yeah, it's too long. Like, not even the DCPs could handle something like like that long at that time. But even still, goodness, like... Th- th- that's the one thing I miss about the epics, like watching uh, Quentin Tarantino's um, Hateful Eight in theaters with, during the roadshow. They actually had a 15 minute intermission in the middle of the movie. And that was that was a fantastic way to like sort of restart your batteries and then come back in. And uh, but anyway, long beside the point on that one. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, this movie, I think it looks good. I'm not necessarily going to be Jones in to see it opening day because it is. <laughs> It is three and a half hours. God, I mean, Martin Scorsese says he... I get it, man. Three and a half hours is brutal. Three and 45 minutes. That extra 15 hits you. Yeah, like, that's how it felt with The Irishman. Like, it was like a half hour too long. Yeah. I I, I still, to this day, have not finished The Irishman. I love I love Scorsese, but that one, for me, I just kept falling asleep. Same. It's yeah. It, it was. It, you mean it, you didn't it, love watching a de-aged Robert De Niro try? And I mean try oh, to curb oh, stop somebody. Scene. <laughs> I, 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 I saw that scene. That and was like, embarrassing. That was embarrassing. There, there was a there was a uh, a Twitter thing that went out earlier this week where it's like name a moment that a movie lost you and stuff like that. And I wanted to put up that screenshot of uh, De Niro, yeah, yeah, young De Niro's yeah. curb stopping, and I was like, they lost me right there. And yep. then, but you know, then you're gonna get the hardcore freaking Scorsese fans are like you don't know cinema and I'm like great I don't want no cinema then no, I remember uh, I actually did see the Irishman in theaters like I took my dad because like we both were super excited for it we found a theater in the city and we we're like okay let's do it and of course you know the crowd is like all elderly people who like love Martin Scorsese so that curb stop scene comes up or whatever and it's happening and I just hear someone just like right behind us going ha <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, even they get it. They understand. Yeah. <laughs> they understand. And and if Leo's if Leo's acting in the trailer is any indication, I mean like there's one moment in the trailer where like when he comes out of this when he comes out of this train, he just has this look of like like what is that? What are you doing, Leo? <laughs> Yo, know, I I I posted on my Twitter as as the face Leo makes when he finds out his uh his love interest in the movie is over the age of 25 oh, and then Jesus. he's just like yep. I was oh, near his head of that I'm with it. I'm with you guys though I feel like um it's it looks good but like like you said like I'm not jonesing to see this one and I'm like a big Scorsese guy but like I don't know I just feel like the subject matter and that length is rough <laughs> to get my head around um I'm sure it'll be good though like I, I feel like a lot of the time I'm like oh how could I watch you know, a three and a half hour movie. And for the most part, though, his movies fly by, you know, like some movies, obviously you feel the length, but I feel like a lot of them for me, at least like Wolf of Wall Street, that flew for me, or even the Irishman, despite that last half hour, for the most part, did flow really well. So we'll see. And I I love the fact that we're seeing Leo and Robert De Niro on screen together. Like, that's going to be great. I can't wait mm-hmm. for that. Um, but yeah, it looks good, but I'm not like crazy excited to see it. But any Scorsese movie is always worth seeing in my mind, even if it's absurdly Ooh. long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even when it's 206 hours, it's just there's. <laughs> or, or as depressing <laughs> as Silence was. <laughs> I still haven't seen Silence. I don't know yeah, if I can watch it. 
that that's a three that's a three hour movie that you're just like man well, oh god I, I hate humanity at this point yeah, it looks so like don't a rough watch it yeah it looks like a <laughs> rough watch it's it, it's it's a good one it's a good one it's just one of those that's going to leave you in a very weird mood that's all I'll say <laughs> you're so good at selling <laughs> it'll leave you in a really weird mood but it's good good <laughs> oh my god but anyway the last trailer that we got a chance to check out this week was for the creator which is coming from uh director uh it's gareth evans is it yep gareth, gareth evans. evans who's the other one Dur- i'm thinking of the, the one who did the raid which one is that one you're talking about um oh my god uh I, now- isn't Gar- wait hold yeah, on yeah. isn't gareth evans the one who did the raid and then gareth edwards is the one who did i'm looking it up right now hold on i think hold it's on. gareth that I think you just confused me again. <laughs> Wait, what are we looking for? Rogue One? Okay, yeah, Rogue Gareth, One, yeah. Gareth Edwards did Rogue oh. One. Oh, there oh, okay, it is. so there you go. Yeah, see, now you get and why I, just, I get confused. Now and you I just watched this trailer, too. Yeah, yes. see, now you yes. understand Gareth why I get confused. Edwards and Gareth Evans is the, is the raid. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my goodness. See what I mean? It's fucking hard. It's hard to yeah. remember. Like, it's very hard to distinguish. I'll, I get it confused all the time. Anyway, so they Gareth... They did this to themselves. <laughs> so Gareth Edwards' new movie, uh, which uh, is called The Creator. It stars John David Washington. takes place in this, like, future-esque environment where there's, like, humans and then, like, human-robot hybrids going on looks very kind of district nine-esque um but this movie just kind of came out of nowhere for me it had no idea this was coming out for me i'm actually really excited for it i think it looks like a nice original sci-fi and that's something we don't really get a lot nowadays and it looks like it's got a nice budget behind it too which is also surprising because i feel like movies like that don't really get the biggest budget especially if it's not like based on some existing ip or a sequel to this or whatever so I'm really excited for this one. I, I think it actually looks visually stunning. I think the story's interesting. I'm in. I don't know. How about you guys? Yeah, I've, I'm along the same lines. And I had the same thought as you as when I was watching it. My first thought is always like, okay, is this based on a book? Is this yeah, based right? on something else? So it's nice that it's just like a fresh idea that someone yeah. has. And I love the fact that the uh, AI intelligence thought to make the thing that they have to destroy yep. look like a child. I was like, yep. oh, how smart. Yep. Um, so you have that you know, struggle of like, well, they're supposed to destroy this, but it's very lifelike and you know like a child so how yep. do you you know destroy that so i think it's an interesting story i'm i'm looking forward to it, it looks good yeah all right all right andres i feel like you kind of hinted at what you thought of it like when we were talking before we started recording so <laughs> <laughs> here we go uh like okay for me the trailer just looks for me it just looks fine um they definitely put a budget behind it that's for sure yeah. it does not look cheap um ultimately at the end of the day i think for me i don't know i feel like i've kind of seen and read the story so many times where it's a post-apocalypse and it involves a child and it involves just i don't know i i I kind of feel like it's already playing on some of the tropes that we've already seen before now granted this is just a trailer this is just something to sell the movie who knows if this is just the first act of the film before we actually get the bigger reveals later on but yeah, I know. I just flipped my 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 my, my headphone Sorry. cord. My facial expressions can't hide it. I was like, whoa. Oh. Yeah, it was yeah. great. It was good. But but it's one of the, but it's one of those things where I don't know. I I think I think I've seen far too many Terminator and far too many like like Skynet s type of movies where they're like, oh, the AI has built this thing to look like a to look like a child, so you would hesitate to put a bullet through him. And I'm like. All right, no, put a bullet through its beady, lifeless size. 
Oh my goodness. I think we did this. I, I think we gave the same look. We would yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tell me tell me uh, how you feel about humanity in five words or less. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's like, I don't care if it looks a child. It's it's done. Beady little eyes. Jesus, dude. Wow. <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> oh my god. What an evil right. laugh. I know, and then he follows it up with that maniacal fucking Disney villain laugh. Now I'm the fucking now now I'm Count Chocula. Jesus Christ! Now I'm just the Count from fucking Sesame Street. And if I see Van Helsing, there we go. That's the transition. I mean, I mean, but but ultimately, my thoughts on on the trailer is it's just a trailer, but you know, it could go either way. I'm hoping it's good, but I don't have a lot of faith in it. Okay. All right. So cool. we got two yays go. and one nay. All right. Cool. Yeah. But, you know, so we'll see what happens when it hits theaters. I think in the fall, I think it's hitting theaters. I think like September esque. Um, but I'm excited. Yeah. I, I really love Gareth Edwards as a director. I think he's underrated. So Gareth Edwards, mm-hmm. not Gareth Evans. See, but, you did. but I also love <laughs> no, Gareth Evans. No, he said Evans. it. He said it. Yeah. No, I got it right. I got it right. Um, <laughs> but Gareth Evans also has a movie coming out this year starring Tom Hardy, which I'm very excited about. So oh, do yeah, love me some yeah. Tom Hardy. Yeah, so that'll be fun. But anyway, speaking of action films, let's talk about it, people. We saw it. It's finally released in theaters, Fast X. So this is the 10th, the freaking 10th movie in this franchise, and we got a chance to see it. Obviously, if you have not seen the movie, we're going to be talking spoilers, so if you haven't seen it, definitely watch the movie, come on back, and hear our spoiler-filled thoughts. But before we dive into some spoiler territory, what what was our general thoughts about the movie? We'll start with Nancy. What did you think about this one and... Uh, I feel like you you said you haven't seen all of them, right? Yeah, well, well, I haven't seen any of them except the first one. So, right. not even just all of them. I've seen so hardly you literally, any so of you them. Literally, that's like the, that's got to be like the most jarring transition. Go from the first movie to this one. <laughs> yes, exactly. But Khan was nice enough to send that five minute summary of all oh, okay. the movies, which did help out. Um, and I did look, and the movie itself gives like a five minute uh, flashback to the fifth one where it's playing off of. So that helped out a lot. I pr- yeah. I. Pr- appreciated that um so no i i really liked it um well i don't know if i'd say i really liked it it was good um yeah it was good it was a fun action movie i thought it was uh jason momoa was my favorite part of the whole movie um (laughs) i will say there were times where it did get a little bit much for me but not necessarily with his performance just with like some of the lines that they had him do but overall it was very joker-esque i really loved Mm -hmm. it and um my qualm with the movie though is that a lot of the people that um, were part of the crew really had no like they really had no purpose in the movie if you think about it they really were just like falling into traps throughout the movie and didn't really like push the movie forward um so that was my kind of qualm with the movie it didn't really like include everyone in that sense um but yeah, overall, I would say it was it was a fun action movie. Okay, all right. So she liked it. Interesting, interesting. Andres, how about you? Okay, uh, as a fan of the franchise, I thought that we were getting very diminishing returns, especially by the time we got to F nine. Uh, need I say the rest? They went to space, and then where 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 can you go from there? So my like 
usually I like to go see the movies in like a really nice theater or in like a really nice like Dolby theater or IMAX theater or something like that. For this one, my excitement level was so low. I was like, let's go to the cheap theater. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> and and about tw- 10 minutes in, they won me over. And I was like, I'm kind of loving this, actually. <laughs> and then this is before even Jason Momoa gets in. I mean, like, they, I mean, like, they, they, they even they even like. Knowing everything of, of what they did with the previous movies, I didn't care about Cypher at all. I mean, like, here's the thing. You build up Cypher in 8. You don't do anything with her in, really, F9 to the point where I'm like, all right, she just stands around and just does nothing to a certain extent. And then they finally, rec- I mean, they finally at least fixed it up where they at least gave us a reason to care about what she's doing or what she's what she's able to offer the movies. And... Uh, and they finally gave her a halfway decent haircut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> halfway decent haircut and actually some funny lines this yeah. time where all the, like one of my favorite moments is when Michelle Rodriguez kits the crap out of her and then Rodriguez starts escaping from the facility and then she comes up and she's like, oh God, I'm in the Arctic. And then she goes back down and she's got like a coat and all this other stuff waiting for her. It's like, yeah. is it cold out? And I'm like, uh, yep, yep. All right, all right. They, they at least know what kind of movie that they're doing. But, I will say sorry, little yes. side note, since Tom mentioned hair. Whoever styled Michelle Rodriguez's hair needs to be yeah, freaking punched in the on? face. Like, just because she's a mom doesn't mean she has to have ugly hair. Like, what are you doing? She's a mom. She gave up. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we, we need to like, see that. So I was like, what yeah. the hell? Like, oh, sorry. Man. It, it oh, l- l- distracted listen. me. Listen, the budget for Michelle Rodriguez's hair went to Jason Momoa, which is who I'm going to talk about now. Oh, my God. Like, his performance, I'm sorry, everything about his performance just worked for me. Even the things that went a little too far, I was like, you know, all right, all right, all right. They they, they hinted at that he was was in a mental institution throughout his entire life. So I'm like, okay, this dude is definitely, like... He's a sociopath, 100%. Yeah. He's he's one hundred percent a sociopath, and then like just some of the moments that he has, like when he's painting the nails on the dead bodies, oh, or like when so he's when, when he's planning to blow up the Vatican. He's like, "All right, what should we blow up? The Vatican? Ugh, you guys are going to hell!" <laughs> <laughs> like, oh goodness, like all those moments were were just pitch perfect to me, and it just really signaled that finally we have a villain that knows what movie he's in and knows that this thing is supposed to be over the top and supposed to be just like, you know what? You don't want a deep character for me. You just want to see someone have fun and be deliciously evil. And that's it. And I I thought it was so pitch perfect to a T and there were so many really great moments. I mean, hell, when you take, when you, when you introduce, they introduced him in the best way possible where you have him come into Cypher, who has been the villain in the past two movies and has really kind of done nothing except being like, I'm a big threat, I'm a big threat, you better listen to me, and just really does nothing to, to really earn that title. And then the second that he comes in, he's like, oh yeah, all your men? Uh, yeah, you Zeke, you Todd, uh, you, 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 and like he literally, he literally takes the entire crew and like holds some blackmail with his family. And I'm like, that is some sadistic shit right there. This is fantastic. Uh, goodness. But yeah, the, I mean, honestly, that was the entire movie for me. Um, with the stunts, they didn't necessarily up themselves from the last one. And I'm sorry, but it's kind of hard to really top yourself when you show all the stunts in the trailer and then you also 
you went to space in the last movie. So I will say, honestly, I thought it was nice that they didn't try to like outdo that. It felt a little bit more grounded for the, like sometimes there's still, stuff that's, <laughs> there's still stuff that's absolutely ridiculous, but this one at least felt a little bit more down to earth, which I liked with the action sequences where like, there was a lot <laughs> no. of cool, like practical stunts. Like that whole Rome sequence was so much fun. Like oh, that it's was, basically just rocket league in, yeah, in, in the fast and furious much. movies. Yeah. It, I mean, it's basically that freak. And they, they even like take note of it, like where uh, it happens. He's like, you know, that was like my little homage to like the vault <laughs> and i was like yep yeah, okay yeah because it was basically the same thing just in rome but with a bomb instead yeah and and that i think that worked really well because of the yeah. fact that it was a a callback but it had it yeah. had some some stakes in the story and that's why i really appreciated about it but ultimately at the end of the day i i can't recall like something where i was like whoa can you believe they did that you know what i mean like every movie kind of has like its moment like the vault in fast five uh, the, the, what is called the, um, the, the air, the air, uh, oh my goodness, the, the runway sequence yeah. in, um, in Fast 6 or the drones in 7. There's some, there's some big set piece. And I think this one, they kind of, for lack of a better word, shot their load with having that be the first sequence of the film. If that makes <laughs> that's sense. That's the only thing you could that, think that's of? The only, that's the only one you could have gone with. <laughs> Listen, listen, I'm not about being PG this time. I'm I'm about being as offensive as possible this one. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I actually, you know, after F9, I was like, oh, fuck. Man. I, don't, I, I feel like I, they just need to wrap this up at this point. It was just getting a little bit too cartoony for me. And, look, I really enjoy this franchise. I think it's fun. I really like the transition it's made from street racing to, like, spy espionage, blockbuster filmmaking. Like, it's been a fun transition. But F9 made it clear, like, I think they're going too far. So this one, it was nice where not only do we get better stunts and better action sequences, but then we finally get a villain that is worthy of this franchise where every other villain has been so overly serious and dull and lackluster is basically just, you know, a pretty cliche villain. And then we get Momoa, who's just like this lightning bolt of energy and charisma and, you know, kind of wild energy. And he's so good in the fucking movie. Like, like the trailers did him no justice because he's so good in this movie he's playful he's maniacal he's menacing and he's just easily just the best part of this movie anytime he's there the movie is just better and i just love how he's not only being super fun and charismatic but he's also upping the emotional stakes finally which is what we need you know in these last couple movies you know where he's targeting dom everyone he cares about and everyone that they care about and he's actually kind of like following through on that and like putting dom in some tricky situations where he has to like choose who lives who dies that kind of thing like he's doing what a villain should do is entertain you but also prove to you that yes they're a villain they're evil and that they can actually follow through on certain things so i was like i love that um i do like the fact we get to see dom as a dad early on that was nice to see vin diesel do something other than family <laughs> the entire <laughs> fucking time but he was being family <laughs> yeah he was, he was being family but at least I, we got to see him smile be a little bit more warm you know that that was nice um Fly. and also you know seeing some other characters pop up you know like john cena from the last movie who's clearly just embracing his john cena-ness here for sure he's like <laughs> a completely different person but i'm for it i like the scenes with dom's son that was cool um and then we see jason statham pop up and he's fun the whole scene between him and han I was like, okay, whatever. This is a scene that needed to happen. Um, but I felt like Han was just like so bored in this movie. <laughs> like the entire time. He looks like he's like so sleepy, so tired. Like he just doesn't want to be there. And the only problem Pro I... 
like the only problem I have with these movies at this point, and this movie certainly proves it, is that there really aren't any stakes when it comes to the characters because everyone fucking comes back from the dead. We have Han yeah. coming back. Then they confirm that Giselle, Gal Gadot's character, who we thought was dead, is alive and well. I mean, I don't even take the death of John Cena's character, no. you know, his sacrifice. I, that did not work for me at all because, A, we just met him one movie ago, so I don't really feel much about him. And two... Is he really dead? Because who the no. fuck knows? He's probably not dead. He'll probably show up in yeah. the next movie at the eleventh hour to try to save somebody. Like it's just that's there's definitely no one thing I learned. Like trying to cram in like all the information from the movies is like, oh okay, no one dies in these movies. Just they no just come back dies. later. Just no one dies. No. Hmm. Now even even the one emotional beat in four, which is Letty's death is completely yep. out, outdone in all the movies leading up to it. I mean, in all the movies leading up to six. I mean, like, that that was a really shocking moment in the post-credit for Fast Five, where all of a sudden you're like, oh, she's still alive, because it was the first time it happened. Yeah. But then, with every other character, subsequent character that's popped up, it's like, yeah, nothing means anything now. Han's not even dead. No one's even dead. But, yeah. but on the Han of it all... I kind of feel that that actor was sleepwalking through the entire movie because, again, Justin Lin was the guy who created that character and also directed him. And so I kind of feel that that there might have been just like a, listen, I'm contracted to do this movie, but I'm not really excited to do it without Justin. Which, seeing what this movie turned out to be, I wonder what it was that forced Justin Lin to quit. I mean, like, it was... It was... It was... I, I, I... all I heard was that it was just a lot of conflicting feelings with um, Vin Diesel with Vin Diesel on the yeah. set. But like, what really kind of caused him to go? Okay, I'm not going to direct this because this was far superior than F9. This, no, this... I, it was it was a huge improvement to me. I was like, it finally yeah. kind of like won me back pretty fast. I was like, oh wow, this is like, like this is what I want. <laughs> it's just entertaining. It's fun. There's cool stunts, and it's just like it's putting a smile on my face. I'm like this is what I wanted. This is not what this is not F9. This is great. <laughs> like yeah. like, I, like like it's just it's what I want from a Fast and Furious movie just let me have a good time you know give me like a fun villain and we got that and it's just like i would i could watch jason momoa for hours as this fucking character literally just so <laughs> many so many ryan line readings were so good like when he when dom finally goes to see him like early on in the movie he's like i'm dante ashante that fucking broke me oh my god it was so good well, and that whole- i I was it. just saying, I love that we have a villain that's also feminine, and he makes a point of it of like yeah, you know, cool. when he's biting his nails, he's like you know, bring down the masculinity a little bit, which is what I feel we need nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> like that, but so he's still good. you know very evil and very maniacal and very like I I just feel like that was a nice uh, change of pace for a villain. Mm-hmm. You know that that scene where he was painting the tone. Apparently, they had to fight to get that in the movie because uh, I they, was, it wasn't my favorite scene, but I do love that line. So, so like what happened was that they tested the movie like with the scene in it and without the scene in it, and they kept getting like mixed reactions. And then they showed it to like well, I think one of the studio heads or something, and, and she watched it. She's like, "Oh no, this is fantastic. We have to keep it in the movie," and that's why it's there. But I love it because it really shows you how sociopathic he is. He's painting fucking fingernails of people he's killed, and he's like you know monologuing to him. It's, it's such a great scene of cementing, okay, this is definitely a different kind of villain. And I love the fact that he's going to be kind of the overarching villain for these last couple of movies, which I feel like it's going to be... Uh, they shouldn't have to drag it out too much. I really do hope just the next one, one is the last movie. one. make one more movie. Yeah, please don't make it two more. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. just make it one more because I think he's actually like a worthy adversary. But if we make it more than two movies, it's going to be ridiculous. 
And yeah. of course, per usual for me, I didn't realize it was going to be like a two-parter. I was like, that's it. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, yeah. 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 This one really ends with the cliffhanger, like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's pretty safe to assume we're probably going to get one more film out of this, but I don't know if it would warrant a second one or, or a second, a, a third part of this story, which, you know, again, you're only, a movie is only... In the studio's eyes, you're only as good as your last film. And if the last film doesn't perform nearly to the expectations, you're not going to have nearly as much to do. So I'm just worried that if this one... I mean, I don't know what the box office take is for this film. All I know is that the tracking was terrible going into it. It like, made pe- less than $70 million domestic, but it made like 300-something worldwide. Okay, so that's decent enough. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not Fast 9 levels of a box office, but still. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, but the thing I'm worried about the most is this movie not turning that much of a profit to where Universal just goes, all right, we're going to lower your budget just a tad so that you... Yeah, this one had like a score. gargantuan, but it was like 300-something million dollar budget. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it's one of the most expensive movies ever made. And then it's just like like Endgame, it's approaching Endgame levels of freaking a freaking budgetary constraint. So I'm like, where, where's all that going? <laughs> yeah. Like, cause honestly, I was like for all that money, you couldn't have done more, like more practical stuff. Like, why is there so much CG? <laughs> like, 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 like honestly, you, they could have cut out so many things here and there. I mean, like the movie flowed just fine, but I feel like there was still some, some fat that they could have cut out. Yeah. Like, like Nancy they hinted cu- at, like they could have completely cut out like Tyrese, Ludacris and um, the, the one from game of Thrones, like their whole bit of the movie just felt like, pointless like okay can, can, can you can you imagine what would have happened had we believed that they were dead in rome and then all of a sudden you're like oh they came back and then all of a sudden the giant the giant uh rocket thing comes out and like blasts them out of the sky you're like oh wait a minute now they might actually be dead <laughs> they're not dead no one's dead in this franchise. <laughs> no one's dead. i will say the whole sequence with like the like the missile car thing with like john cena and like uh vin diesel that oh, was yeah. super fun that was super fun yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I, I love oh that. yeah or, or just even the moment where where um where they pull over in the gas station and they're like so what do we do we got to get clothes and then all of a sudden like in a gas station yes at a gas station like <laughs> a- after me and jen had done our cross-country trip and we stopped at so many gas stations i swear to god the clothes that they got were it, it's exactly what you would find at a gas station yep. no matter where you're at it's all the tropical bright like bullshitty type of colors and stuff like that it's so it's it, they nailed it on the head how he looks so mismatched so yeah, I thought that was a great little. I thought that was a great little uh, little detail that they threw in. <laughs> well, even I mean, as much as I love Pete Davidson, <laughs> I know you were about to say that. Even that scene, he pops up in everything. Yeah, I, Transformers. I, mean, I, yep. I liked the scene, but also just it felt it felt like a lot of people fighting, but not moving the story forward yeah. with like a. It just Tyrese. felt like a bit. It felt like a very long bit. Yeah, exactly. So, like, and, I feel like that could have been cut down or cut out. Yeah. I mean, even Han's whole reaction to to the muffins, it's so just like, eh, I really don't want to be here, guys. <laughs> I know. Even that, he was he looked asleep. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, have yeah. a coffee. <laughs> I, I thought they were going to yeah. push that more of, like, him being high on the muffins. But when you... I feel like with stuff like that, you either have to push it hard or you have to, like, just not put it in. So when you do it half-ass, it just feels like a random joke that doesn't land in there so i feel like 
yeah, didn't. I'm with you on didn't that. Didn't do it for me. But with something yeah. we do need to address that post credit scene. We got to talk about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> so in the post credit scene, that the, you talk about the one that the rap uh, spoiled. Yeah, the one the, the one that got spoiled for everybody, which I'm still so pissed oh, about. Oh really? That, that would have been such yeah. a wonderful surprise in theaters. Oh, it but, didn't get ruined for me. <laughs> oh, you lucky son of a bitch! You lucky son of a bitch! I mean, it was <laughs> fine. I I don't know if it didn't have that much of an impact because I haven't seen the other movies, but I feel like because of everything else going on with like DC and all that, I was like, okay, I'm not well, surprised. Well, no, it's really, oh, no, no. no, it's a really a miracle because him and Vin Diesel apparently had a very yeah. infamous feud. So like they don't just, like each other. Yeah, so it's shocking because it's like, wow, he's coming back. I, I thought he hated Vin Diesel. So it's just yeah. it's, it's a really nice surprise to have Hobbs well, back. Also, money. So <laughs> I feel like I, I'm he just curious. The just Rock curious. is fine on yeah. his own. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious though if they're gonna have any scenes together or if like the only, yeah. yeah or if that's he what only, i was thinking or, too or if he only came back as long as he doesn't have to share the screen with vin diesel like somehow he's just yeah. always not there i wouldn't be I, surprised craig had this like conspiracy theory that it was a work and that they weren't really feuding yeah that there was like some like gonna... wwe style kind of feud yeah. to kind of like, like no i think I, they I don't know. Yeah, because I've seen him on interviews with, like, uh, pop shows. Uh, there's a show called Watch What Happens Live uh, for Bravo, and he was on there. And he, like, couldn't even say anything nice about him. He was just like, oh, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's, like, it's fine, but we're not going to work together. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but in the little summary video thing, I thought I saw that, like, the one that they... There was some scene or a movie that they were doing with the in the Fast franchise where they clearly were not on the same set. Like, they shot one scene, and then they would shoot his scenes, but they were clearly, like, not on the set together. That was eight, I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, it's probably going to be the same kind of situation, but it's fine by yeah. me just because his character is kind of necessary to come back, especially they make it clear in that, you know, credit sequence. He pulled that, the like, trigger. He, he pulled the trigger, so he has to be back, and he has to be targeted. And also, I think it'll be a great way to kind of follow through on Hobbs and Shaw, since he'll probably go to Jason Statham's aide, who's trying to like protect his mom and everything, he'll probably like help out there, which would be cool. Because um, I feel like I'm like one of the few people who actually enjoyed Hobbs and Shaw. I thought it was fun. Oh, I uh, loved Hobbs yeah, and Shaw. Yeah, like I, like I don't know why people were giving it such shit. Like it was a fun movie, and they had amazing chemistry. So I was like, okay, yeah, give me more of that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited that he's back. I wanted him to come back. I was sad when he said he wasn't going to come back to the franchise because he felt like a one of the bigger characters. So I'm excited. I am excited. Oh yeah. I mean, speaking about the Hobbs and Shaw of it all, like, honestly, you know, in my dream pair up or at least having these two characters interact with each other, I would love to see Jason Momoa and Ryan Reynolds from Hobbs and Shaw interact with each other at least once. <laughs> that would be funny. That would like, be like I, I can already picture it where it's just like, listen, you didn't like you didn't know that this is going to go down this way, man. Like these guys are freaking superheroes. Like I can already see the banter between those two, and I, I'm just here for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, here's here's the question though, because in this universe. Paul Walker's character, Brian, is still alive, which I still think is so strange that he's still alive in this universe and then that he wouldn't be involved in any sort of way, you know, because he cares so much about Dom. He's a stay-at-home dad now, apparently. But but even the home that he was staying at got raided. Yeah, and then he was nowhere to be found. It's just like, it just... 
I understood like why they kept him alive in like Furious Seven. Like I understood, it, but now with the movies as they've gone on, it just makes less and less sense that he wouldn't be involved. And yeah. I understand it's like, but they kind of painted themselves into a corner that if they do bring him in, it's like going to be a lot of digital wizardry and it's going to be very complicated. Or at you least know. say they like got a divorce or something. Like some reason where know. he wouldn't just be like chilling at home, no, doing no. nothing. Or, 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 or just, or just even that he just disappeared. He, he just disappeared with Mia. They don't, they don't talk to him, or, they, or they don't talk to both. That's the problem. Is that the once, once you start bringing Mia into the fold, yeah, then it's like then, where's Brian? Yeah, yeah. Th- then it always turns into a, a game of where's yeah. Brian, and like, um, like even including the car at the very end of F nine was like, okay, you guys just aren't ready to let go of this character. Like, yeah. like it, it kind of nulls and it kind of. It, 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 it kind of makes that scene in F7 feel so worthless where they're looking at him and they're like, you know what? It's almost like they're saying goodbye to the character. And they're even acknowledging the fact that he's not going to be able to go on missions anymore. He's a family man. Him and Mia have to stay out of this. And just, I mean, I know Jor- Jor- Jordana, Jorana Brewster needs to eat or something like that. But, you know, I'm sorry. But for the greater good of the franchise... They needed to keep her out, and because once you lose Brian, you lose Mia. So that's that's kind of ultimately where I feel. Because I feel like now they have to inevitably have him in the last movie because you can't have the last movie without Brian being in it somehow. So he's gonna. I feel like they're gonna have his brother stand in again and do something in the last movie. Just he's, because he's, like, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be the plane that swoops in and gets everybody at the edge of the just movie. something. They're, just... Gonna, they're gonna they're gonna have to involve him somehow creatively because it would just be weird if like he's still alive and then he doesn't even show up in the final movie so it's just it's a weird it's a weird (laughs) tightrope to walk it's just like you're trying to respect you know his legacy respect the character but then at the same time like you've kept him alive in this universe and then you have to try to like justify him not being there or justify him being there so it's just it's a mess yeah it's it's like when uh on a tv show when someone goes on like vacation and they're like (laughs) facetiming with them or you know zooming with them but they're really just they don't want to be on the show anymore (laughs) or they're all filming something else (laughs) right yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and i mean it was also just a I mean, the ultimate the ultimate weird thing about all that is really going to come down to it where um, Vin Diesel has come out and said so many times that each and every one of these movies progressively becomes a farewell to Brian. And I'm like, you got to stop saying that. Like, he like right before this movie came out, he was like, F- FX is um, is uh, Paul Walker's <laughs> FX. I think yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Uh, yeah, you can't no, say fa- it without but, me thinking that. <laughs> yeah, but but Fast X was supposed to be um, uh, what's his name, Paul Walker's uh, dream come true of a movie, and that it was going to be his his send off, like his his goodbye to the franchise. And I'm like, wasn't F seven a goodbye to the franchise for him? Yeah. Like, you, like you got to stop opening that wound, man. And like, like. Uh, well, I, don't know. I mean, I've. They were best friends. I can't knock him for, like, you know, <laughs> wanting to keep his legacy alive. But also maybe what he was saying is not that that he was they were going to say goodbye to him. It sounds like what he's saying is that Paul Walker was planning to stay on till like, the 10th film. And that was going to be, like, okay, I'm walking away from the franchise now. And that was going to be his, you know, 
final film. So, I don't know. I just can't knock someone who lost, like, one of their really good friends in a horrific way. And you have to deal with, like, also the franchise and maybe just wanting to keep his, you know, name alive within the franchise still. And maybe eventually they will address it in, in a way that is tactful. But, yeah. I don't know. I just can't it's- knock him for... No, I'm not. No, I'm yeah. not knocking him for it. It's just one of those things where where it, it can only. I mean, for me, uh, it's not necessarily knocking it, but it's like we we we've got to find a way for all of us to move on uh, on that front. I mean, it just kind of feels like it's just an easy button to press, if that makes any sense. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. For, for, frankly, I'm just like let, let's let the movie speak for itself. His name is alive in the franchise because he named his kid Brian, so it's like it's he's still around. All right. <laughs> I don't uh, know where I'm going with that. I, I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I wasn't sure where you were leading us. <laughs> yeah. I will say though, I want to talk about one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when uh, Brie Larson is talking to I don't remember his name, the cop guy, and they're <laughs> sitting there. I feel like they're poking fun of the franchise within that whole yes. scene, and I loved it. How he was like, anything that they, you know, defy physics, do this, they've done it twice. Yeah, and yeah. I love how he's like, and how did we let this keep going? You know, just that whole scene was fantastic. I loved it. I also oh, loved yeah. how, how they, like, made it so that, like, his character didn't turn, like, good. Like, one of Dom's family yeah. actually just, like, turned out to be, like, Jason Momoa's, like, right-hand man. I was like, that's a nice swerve. There you go. I, I like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they yeah. are talking about in that scene how everyone ends up turning. Yeah, like, turning into all, his family member. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're one it's, beer, you're one beer and barbecue bar- away from turning into the family. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it so much. I love yeah. it. So good. <laughs> it's a cult with cars. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Basically, it's just so like great. fucking checking the franchise. Like in one scene, it's great. Yeah, I loved it. And where were like yes. where and also where has this Brie Larson been? Like this charismatic, fun Brie. Like where has she been? This is nice. It was great to see her have some yeah, fun. Yeah, I liked her. Yeah, yeah. She was I actually mean, one of the highlights. I loved her in the movie. Yeah, oddly enough, I mean, I mean, not, not oddly enough, but it was just one of those things where it's like. You know, I mean, with the internet being what it is and being like, oh, she's not charismatic or anything like that. It's like, no, she she is when you give her stuff to work with. And you could tell she was having a blast with this franchise. Yeah. Like all her scenes, with her scene with Michelle Rodriguez and her, and her scenes with um, Vin Diesel, where it's clearly just like, yeah, I know what movie I'm in. And yeah, yeah, I'm here. Let's just deal with it. And my dad is a badass. That's it. <laughs> and all her outfits were banging. I love those shoes. Oh, and, and, and and just oh my god, the, the shoes with the with the steel with the little with steel the spikes. Uh, spikes. Which yeah. is like, all squishing please. her shoe in the car. <laughs> please get off my car. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so just, it's, oh, oh my god. goodness. Sweet sweet yeah. Jason Momoa. <laughs> no, we took my mom to see it for like a Mother's Day thing because she loves the Fast and Furious movies even though she falls asleep at some point during each and every one of them and this one was no exception so <laughs> but she loves Jason Momoa so much and like she was cackling like the entire time every time he said a joke or did something she would like nudge my arm and she would just be like oh my god he's hysterical <laughs> hey hey Letty culo. <laughs> just out of nowhere just so fucking oh, funny so oh, I, I love that little bit where uh they're like having the helicopter chase or whatever and he goes oh no she's in peril (laughs) yeah so good but uh Uh, what what are we giving this one out of five pints though people what are we doing who's gonna start us off i'll go i'll go three and a half 
Oh, you took my answer. Damn you. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so I will also go three and a half points. Oh, all right. Uh, for, for me, this... this Disappointed. No, th- th- this, this would have gone... For me, the one knock I do have to give on this film is that it is a part one of two. Yeah. And that it literally ends with no... With, with, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have a third act. It doesn't have like a closer. So it feels incomplete in the worst way possible. Not, not since Harry Potter part one, uh, Deathly Hallows part one, did I feel that we... We were like, oh, this movie really didn't end. So for me, I'll have to I'll have to agree with you guys. It's a three and a half for me as well. Okay, so three and a half. It, w- it would have been a four had they stuck the landing and just ended it and just said, oh, we're just making the next part just Fast 11. That's it. But they were really adamant about this being about the next film being Fast X Part Two. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah. at least we're all in agreement. It's, it's. I just think it's funny. Like we've all been just like, oh yeah, we really enjoyed. It. It's like three and a half. Out of <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, it's not. For, for, it's from, not perfect. Yeah, I mean it the shitstorm. The shitstorm that was F nine. Yeah, as it's well. such an improvement. I mean, yeah, it's such an improvement over F9. Well, and I feel like there's those movies, um, like the Hunger Games franchise. Like I can sit here and be like, they're not great movies, but I enjoy them. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Now, do you plan on going to watch the other movies now that you've seen these two now? Yeah, I'll probably watch them. I'll save you a little bit of time. Fast Five. Um, I was gonna say I might Furious start at five and just move my way that way. Yeah, I think I, I, I still enjoyed the first three movies. Like I, I, I think they're all fun. Yeah, the, the, the first three. I mean, Tokyo Drift. I rewatched it recently, and I'm I rewatched like, that yesterday, and it's actually still really fun. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember, I I hated it the first time I saw it when I was a kid because it was like, okay, we're not following any of the characters, and I don't think Lucas Black is <laughs> as charismatic as you know Paul Walker was. I mean, like that movie was supposed to be a directed video movie that they pushed in the theaters, and then rewatching it lately, I'm like, you know what, this one actually really holds up really well, and I like it yeah, more. Yeah, there's some awesome car sequences in that movie, especially well, with all the drifting. It's so cool. Yeah. What I, th- I think Craig was telling me that it was supposed to be not part of the franchise. Like it was supposed to be like its own thing, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, that doesn't work." <laughs> no, no, well, no. well, they, uh, well, it was supposed to be its own thing, and then I think test screenings happened, and people were like, "Well, how does this connect?" And then they 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 apparently they apparently had to they apparently had to get Vin Diesel to come in to do one last cameo for that film. And then that was the only way that they could connect into the franchise. Like people were asking for that connection, um, yeah. that they thought it was that good. He actually like he mainly agreed to do the cameo because they gave him like a producer credit for the entire series going forward. So he's like, all right, I'll do it. And like yeah. he only had to be in the movie for like a couple minutes. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty 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 sweet deal. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that, that's our take on all this shit, folks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> we talked trailers. We talked Fast X. Definitely let us know what you thought of these trailers, what you thought of Fast X. Let us know in the comments section below. We always want to know your thoughts. And before we head on out, where can the fine people find you on the interwebs? We'll start with Andres this time. That's right. We're swerving. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Galagos. You can also find me on Twitch.tv as Galagos209. You can also find me on the High Voltage Media uh, Channel's YouTube page where we're going to be doing some retrospectives really soon. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. And you can also find me on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's always some, like, tacked-on thing you do every single time where you're like, oh, wait, I should probably... 
Yeah, the show too. <laughs> well, well, it's and because, it's because whenever, whenever I'm on other podcasts, I'm like, and you can also catch me on Film on Tap with my buddies Nancy and, and Tom. And I'm like, no, but it's here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> it's happening. Exactly. Yeah. But how about you, Nancy? Where can the people find you? At PL underscore Bandaid on Twitter and Instagram. And here. There, there you go. See, she nailed it. Made it look easy. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash and Facebook and YouTube at Chattelbash Reviews. And of course, you can find me here with these two goofballs on this podcast, Film on Tap. Thank you for tuning into a brand new episode. Whether you watched it or you listened to it, we appreciate it. And stay tuned for our next episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. We'll see you guys. Bye.